Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. I'll tell you, you know, um, these last couple of weeks we've been talking about uh, praying and we've been in the series that we've titled Wake, Pray, Slay. And, uh, and, and each week we, we've kind of turned our attention really to a truth in regards to, as believers, we have a responsibility, we have an authority, and with that we, and I already said, but we're, we can't play games. It, it's time that the church is the church. I don't want experiences, I want encounters. It wasn't an experience that Moses had at the burning bush. It was an encounter that changed his life. I want an encounter with God. Because I know when I have an encounter with God, it changes the course of my life. It, it allows me to understand that I've got a life worth living. You have a life worth living. But it's not about me and my life and, 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 and what I can get. And it's all about me and myself and it's about the fact that, that we're blessed to be a blessing, that God wants to use us to make an impact in our world. And as we got into this uh, series on Wake, Pray, Slay, we talked about the urgency that it's time for us to wake up. We can't afford to be lulled to sleep. We can't afford to allow the world to, to, to cause us to go to sleep mode. Better yet, we can't put ourselves on, on spiritual airplane mode. You can't get messages in and out on airplane mode. And there's things that we're praying and we're waiting on God to respond, but we allow the world to drift us into airplane mode and, and those messages aren't coming back. The phone's on, it's got full power, but, but we're not getting any messages in return because we've allowed ourselves to, to slip into that, that, that airplane mode. But, but when we wake up, somebody, tell somebody, wake up. When we, when we wake up, when we're vigilant, when we're alert, when we're sober-minded, it allows us to know that even though the enemy roams around like a lion, he's not going to be able to devour us because we're on guard. And it's time that the people of God are in position and are on guard with the things of God because we're not going to allow the agenda of the enemy to prevail. I'm here to tell you today that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, I'm here just to remind you that greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. I'm here just to declare that you can do all things through Christ that gives you strength. But just because you say all those things does not give you the right to just drift back and go to sleep. You got to be alert. You got to be focused. You got to be in the ready position. Because now is the hour that the Lord wants his church to advance. Now is the time for us to take ground. Now is the time for us to slay. To go after the things that he's called us to. To walk in purpose. To walk in victory. To have success in the call that God has for your life. Because make no mistake about it, God has a calling upon your life. And so as we've been in, 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 in this last couple of weeks, we've talked about the urgency of why we got to wake up. The importance of why we need to pray. 
so that ultimately that we, can, that we can slay. And really that word slay is just so that you can have success and be victorious everywhere that you step foot. You are anointed and appointed to do great things for the kingdom of God. And God has given us a very, very powerful weapon called prayer. Prayer is a communication weapon. Prayer allows you to connect to your heavenly father so that when you are moving about your life in this earth, you're not moving in the presence of your flesh, but you can move with the presence of God on your behalf. That you know that you have got a power source that's at work within you. But it takes prayer. It takes spending time with God. It takes getting alone before him. This is why Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, he says, if you're going to pray, you need to go into a secret place and close the doors. Some of you are thinking, oh, that's because you just want to get alone with God and be spiritual. No, going in behind the closed doors in the secret place means you're shutting out the distractions. And the enemy wants to try and distract you so that he can disrupt your communication with God. So that you can't get what you are, are speaking to him or asking to him and that you're not getting the response back from him. He wants to disrupt that. And so he'll distract you with people, with places, with things. And Jesus says, listen, you need to get behind the closed doors. You need to get to the secret place. Get on your knees before my heavenly father and begin to pray. Why do you think that Jesus often withdrew in the wilderness? Because he said, as powerful as I am, I still got to get to a quiet place with no distractions so I can get back connected to my heavenly father. And I want to tell you is that prayer is so pivotal, it's so important, it's so powerful, it's so potent to the life of a believer. But why do we not do enough of it? You say, well, pastor, you know, I, I, I pray for my food. Let me help you out with something. There is no scripture in the Bible that tells you to pray for your food. Heresy. Get them off the stage. What are you talking about? There is not one scripture in the Bible that says to pray for your food. The only thing the Bible says is be thankful for your food. When we walk around, and I love that, 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 that Pastor Aaron talked about this a couple weeks ago, and what we do is we, we pray for our food, and that's about the extent of our prayers. But the Bible doesn't ever say to, to, to sit there and, and, and pray, like, bless your food. The Bible doesn't say for you to go and bless your food. In fact, the Bible says the very opposite, that God's already blessed the very food that you have. Just be thankful for what you have. But here we are, we're going around blessing Burger King. Oh Lord, let all this MSG and sodium and saturated fats not hurt my body. Bless it, Lord. But that's where we bring our prayer life, and the reality is this, is that that is not, that's not your, your, your prayer life as a believer. Your prayer life is to move the kingdom of heaven into this earth. Your prayer life should cause demons to tremble. Your prayer life should cause darkness to flee. Your prayer life should cause a mighty move of God to infiltrate our communities that people experience the love of God. Your prayers have power. Tell somebody next to you, my prayer has power. Your prayer is very, very powerful. In fact, the Bible says this. 
in the book of James chapter 5 verse 16 that it is the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous that availeth much in new living context because a lot of that is very confusing for people that are new in church is that the effective prayers result bearing prayers your prayers are meant to generate results the result of my fervent what's fervent prayer in action fervent it, it, it comes from the root word anageo which means energy it means prayer that is at work. It means to dispense energy. It means to be in action, to be in motion. It means the results of prayer in motion will avail much. And so this is important because as believers, our prayers cannot just be to a casual prayer for blessing my food. It needs to be a prayer that's declaring kingdom of God come. Will of God be done in this earth. It's got to be one of urgency it's got to be one of power and by the way power is not found in volume so it's not how loud you can pray it's how consistent can I pray some of us think man he's a loud prayer warrior I could never be like that power is not found in volume power is found in your consistency can you consistently every day come before the Lord in the secret place and say Lord here I am Heavenly Father I come to you your will be done in this earth. Begin to declare the word of God. Declare the things of God. It is the effective prayers. Your prayer has an effect that allows your world to have an effect. Effect is the result. Effect is the change. My prayer becomes effective so that my world can be affected with change. And so it's so important that we don't reduce our prayer life. In fact, our prayer life should be premier in everything that we do. We should be seeking the Lord in prayer. In fact, if we go back to some of our notes and our thoughts that we shared earlier in this teaching, we talked about the fact that the Bible says that the disciples, when they came to Jesus, they didn't say, Jesus, instruct us on how to cast out devils. They didn't say, Jesus, teach us how to, how, how to be men of great faith. They didn't say, Jesus, show us how, how to come before you in, in, in worship and, in, in, and help us in, in, our, in our praise life. They said, no, Lord, teach us how to pray. Because out of our prayer life, everything extends from it. When the boy that, that, that was demon-possessed and the disciples could not move this boy to a place that he was set free... And Jesus arrives on the scene and he casts out the devil out of the boy. What happened? They said this to Jesus. How, we couldn't do it. How come this, this, this was like this? Why, why couldn't we? And he said some things only come by prayer and fasting. You're more powerful the more prayerful you are. And so it's important that we prioritize our prayer Life And the disciples, they say, Jesus, if there's anything that you could teach us, teach us how to pray. The book of Psalms, chapter 25, I love this. David's writing, and he says this in verse 4 and 5. He says, show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. 
For you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. I want you to see this again in verse 4. Show me your ways, Lord. Show me your ways, Lord. Dare I say that most believers just want to be shown the ways of the Lord, but they don't want to follow it up with the rest of what David was praying. He said, teach me and lead me. We're all about the show, but are you really all about the go? Because the Bible says, now therefore and go make disciples. And the only way that I can go and make a disciple is not by show, but it's now by me being taught how to live this life and how to lead and live by it. David says, show me your ways, teach me, teach me your paths, lead me in your truth. Someone say, show me, lead me, teach me. God wants us to be shown the ways. He wants us to be led in those ways. He wants us to be taught in those ways. God, show us, teach us, lead us. And in the book of Luke chapter 11, where we're going to put most of our focus for the next couple of moments this morning, is this. In verse 1, it says, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples, verse 2. So he said, when you pray, say. What did we just see here? We find out that in verse 1, as he was praying, as he was showing, now the disciples see a physical demonstration. They come and they say, Lord, teach us, show me, teach me. And then what did Jesus do? He said, when you pray, say, he led them. Show me, teach me, lead me. Now, growing up, I played sports. And I played a lot of baseball. I played 15 years of baseball. And when I started playing baseball, I wasn't just handed a baseball bat and expected to hit the ball. In fact, I had to be shown how to hit the ball before I could be taught how to hit the ball. When I saw a demonstration or an example of what was to be done, then it was easier for me to learn how to do it. And once I learned or was taught how to swing the baseball bat to hit the ball, then I was able to be led in the way that I needed to do it in the game. Show me how to do it. Teach me how to do it so that I can lead and live my life by it. This is why it's just so important when we're, when we're praying over our children that it doesn't just be a prayer in the service of blessing. But parents, when you leave from here, you are showing your children the right way. You're teaching them the right way. And you're leading them in it because you lead by example. So Jesus says, let me lead you by example, disciples, when you pray, say now, here's the thing, because as I get ready to go into this, a lot of you are going to look at me and you're going to say, well, I know this prayer. And if you know this prayer, then feel free to sit back and hear nothing else for the rest of the time that we're talking this morning. But for those that want to have an angle, a perspective of this prayer that you have not seen before, I'm going to ask you to lean in. Because the reality is this, is that in Matthew 6, before Jesus gives the, the model prayer, by the way, it's the model prayer, not the Lord's prayer, because the model prayer deals with forgiveness of sins, which Jesus had none, so it's not his prayer. Jesus never had to ask to be forgiven of his sins. It's a model prayer for those that are inhabitants of this earth so that they can access the kingdom of heaven. 
And so what we find out here is that in Matthew's gospel, that Jesus cautions them, cautions the, the disciples. He said, boys, check this out. Do not pray like the hypocrites. Be careful of this thing. Because all they want to do is go around to the synagogues and the temples. They want to be seen for their prayers. And let me tell you something. Prayer is not about being seen. It's about being heard. And there's many of us, we're a lot of show with our prayers, but no go because we don't know what we're praying. And I'm here to tell you this morning that God has a prayer that he has put in position for you to pray. I call it this, that prayer, it has a playbook. That's the title that I gave today's sermon. Prayer has a playbook. And if you can follow the playbook, line upon line, and understand what is being communicated through this playbook, let me tell you, you'll see God move every single time. It'll be surefire in every area of your life. And so he tells the disciples, don't be like the hypocrites. It's not about being seen. And don't go on with all of your vain repetitions. In other words, don't just be babbling. And I hate to say it, but a lot of us, we've heard the model prayer so much so that it has become repetitious and vain babblings. It's just become something we say, and we don't have any revelation of what we're talking about, and we're hoping that God's going to do something through it. I'm here to give you a, a, a breakdown of this playbook so that you can see how God wants to move in your prayer life. And so here's what he says. In the book of Luke, chapter 11, in verse 2, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed means holy is your name. Holy means to be set apart. In other words, our Father, there is none like you. You're the greatest of all times. You're the goat of the heavens and the earth. Our Father, none like you. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So verse 2, I'm doing a little teaching right now, but verse 2 is what I would call position number one. Our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Here's what I love is that in this teaching, God does not say, refer, or Jesus does not lead the disciples to, to, to refer to God as almighty. He doesn't say, go to him as, 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 as almighty or, or go, go, go to him as creator. He says, go to him as a father. It's so important to understand God wants you to know him as father. And the reason why this is so important is because every father has a responsibility to do four things. Every father has a responsibility to protect, to direct, to provide, and correct. That, that, those are the roles of a father. To protect their children, to direct them in the way that they should go, to provide for them, and to bring correction. And so Jesus says when you're coming to God, you need to understand that he is your father. And as father, here's how he is going to help you. He's going to help you by giving you protection, direction, provision, and correction in your life. And when you can address him as such, now you're moving him in your life on behalf of a father. And so he says, our father who is in heaven. So who is he? He's father. Where is he? He's in heaven. 
He's not here. He's in heaven. And he says, holy is your name. Now your kingdom come. Now your protection. Now your direction. Now your provision. Now your correction come. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. The next part is this. is He says, give us day by day our daily bread. Another version of it says, give us this day our daily bread. Then the prayer progresses and it goes on and it says, And forgive us of our sins as we have forgiven everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So we got the gist of the prayer. We've, we, we've heard it. It's been preached to us. We've walked through uh, prayer tracks, prayer models, prayer initiatives, everything that this is outlined in. Today I'm just calling it a prayer playbook. God's given you this playbook for us to follow. And so as I was reading through these lines of text, the Lord, the Lord wanted me to break this down for a few short moments this morning, going line by line with this thing. And the first line is this, and we already talked about it, is that who is God? He's your Father. Where is God? He is in heaven. It's important that we approach God as Father. Give Him recognition and honor as a Father. We know that His position is in Heaven, but here's the important thing, like any good father, fathers, they help create opportunities for their children. Your father in heaven, his heart is to create opportunities for you, for us, for his children. And so what we see here is that our, 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 our heavenly father, who is in heaven, here he is seated in this position and he says, now I want my kingdom to come and my will be done. I want to create opportunity for my children, for the people of God to experience the kingdom of God. Not just when they give up their last breath and they're present with me in heaven, but here on this earth. And dare I say, there's a lot of people that they might believe in the kingdom of heaven, but they're living their life hell on earth. But God wants you to know as a father, he loves you. He loves you as you are, enough not to leave you the way that you are. He loves you so much that he was willing to give his son so that you could have this amazing abundant life that comes in him and him alone. And so he says, our father who is in heaven, holy is your name. And he goes on and he says, your kingdom come, your will be done. As a father, going back to the first line, he's dealing with protection. As kingdom, the kingdom is to help direct your life, direction. So you're going to see how this plays out and how this, is, how this progresses. The kingdom of God is to help direct the life that you're supposed to live. Kingdom living. The Bible says in the book of Romans that the kingdom's not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. In the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, the one who directs your life, who's to guide your life, who is to be your helper, your comforter, your strength, your teacher, direction. The kingdom of heaven comes through the direction of the Holy Spirit in your life. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I shared this last week. A lot of people pray for the kingdom, but they don't experience it because you're not standing in the will. The will of God is summed up in two things. Am I walking right before the Lord? And am I walking in harmony with those that are around me? What's the biggest agenda of the enemy? To cause you to compromise who you are in God and to divide you amongst each other. What did Jesus come to do on the cross? He came that you would be reconciled back to God 
and that you would be in harmony and unity with him and those that are around you. What is the will of God? It's to be right with God and to be at peace amongst each other. So if you're wondering where's the kingdom of God, my question is, are you in the will? Are you right with God and are you at peace with those that are around you? And I share that the idea and the thought, the example is this. If you've ever gotten groceries to go, Publix, Whole Foods, wherever it is that you like to shop, you can place an order. The person in the store can come with a, with a shopping cart full of groceries. But if you're not in the right parking space, it doesn't matter if you put that order in, if you call that order in. It ain't going to get in your car if you're in the wrong parking space. you got to be in the will in order for you to experience the kingdom. But when I'm in the will, the kingdom comes and I experience everything that God wants me to experience when it comes to the life that he has for me. And he goes on and the next line is he talks about that, give us this day our daily bread. I'm so tired of, of Christians praying this line, give me this day my daily bread, like from a place of defeat or deficit or a place that at a need. Well, a lot of, Lord, don't you see what I'm going through? I need my daily bread. Rather than knowing that he's got a pantry full of fresh bread that all you got to do is just walk right up to it, open that door and say, oh, that's awesome. This is better than nature's own. <laughs> Growing up in my father's house, the pantry was accessible at any point in time. The daily bread or the things that I wanted was always in the pantry. All I had to do was just go right into it and help myself to the things that I needed. As believers, all you need to do is help yourself to the things that God's already made available. If it's healing, take healing today. If it's joy, take some joy today. If it's peace, grab some peace today. Whatever it is, the pantry, heaven's, heaven's pantry is open for his children, for God's children just to step in and say, Oh, awesome, that's mine today, I need that. Lord, thank you for giving me this day my daily bread. And then he goes on and he talks about this part right here. And he says this as he says that you need to make sure that you're getting it right with God. Lord, forgive me. Lord, allow this vessel, allow who I am not to be compromised. Forgive me, Lord. And in the same way, help me to walk in forgiveness towards others. Forgive me, God, Lord. Let me remain in the will. Lord, help me to walk in forgiveness towards others. Let me not get out of the will, but let me be right before you and at peace with others, God. And then he gets into the last line of text and he says, and Lead us not into temptation. It's not a plea or a cry. Lord, don't lead me into temptation. But what it simply means is this, is that, Lord, you lead me from living my life in the flesh. By the way, the word temptation means to be in the flesh. To, be in the, to yield to the flesh. Lord, let me not live in the flesh, but, but, but deliver me to be drawn out. Lord, draw me out of the flesh. Draw me out from the things that would cause me to compromise my life as a believer. So when I'm praying, I'm not saying, Lord, don't leave me, you know, don't lead me into the temptations and the hard things and the fleshly things. It's saying, Lord, I thank you. That you don't lead me, you don't cause me to have to default to my flesh, but you draw me out by your spirit. You quicken this mortal body, that you go before me, that nothing would be against me. That as I'm going into this day, I'm going heavenly minded. I'm going led by the spirit. I'm going in this thing blessed, protected, and ready to go. Because I got a good God who is watching over me, who is with me in all things. Today is going to be a good day. Today is going to be an awesome day because I am protected by God. See, this is how your prayer life needs to shift. Not, Lord, lead me from being tempted. It's so hard, God. 
Paul said this, your power is made perfect in my weakness. Your grace is sufficient for me. Know that as a child of God, that God has a weaponized you to have victory everywhere that you step foot. I'm serious. you got to shift your mindset from trying to pray to being triumphant in praying. You don't try prayer. You train in prayer. You don't try prayer. You're triumphant in prayer. And so you got to see it as, wow, Lord, you have given me this playbook to win. Listen, any coach is going to have a playbook that is designed or its intent is the design for it to be successful to win. If I can give any type of metaphor for this prayer, it's simply this. Y'all know in sports that they have franchise owners, right? First franchise owner was 1876 for the Major League Baseball League. 1876 is when the whole franchising situation came up. And it's interesting about it because the first franchise started by a man that was in his own hometown. And he says, I believe that my town's a winner. I'm going to buy land. I'm going to build a stadium. I'm going to have my own team because my will is to see my city win. So in 1876 in the Major League Baseball, that, that was the very first franchise that took place. Now let me tell you something. Do you ever see owners walking the field for the most part? No. Where are the owners? In the owner's box. Who's on the field? The coach. What is the coach doing? He's pulling the players together and he's giving them a playbook. Now does the owner write the playbook? Is the owner over there or implementing the playbook? No, the coaches. But the will of the owner is to see a successful franchise. That's his design. That's his purpose. What does the owner's kingdom look like? Big old stadium, all the amenities and all the things needed for all the players to be able to keep it 100. They got the weight room. They probably got smoothie bars and all kinds of amazing things. They probably have like, 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 like just the, the, the best stuff to keep it all right. I'm telling you, some of these facilities are state-of-the-art. Um, before we came out here, uh, Matt was telling me that, uh, uh, who was it again? Chad Ochocinco. Any Ochocincos in the house? Fans? A couple, okay. You don't have to be moved by him, but you can be moved by this thought that, that Matt shared with me. He said this, is he said when Chad got uh, uh, recruited to his first, this, the first team that he was with, he didn't buy a house with all the money that he got. He didn't go buy a big, lavish, and expensive car with all the money that he got. What he did was he said, I'm going to live within the stadium because everything that I need is in the stadium. And if I can learn how to live in the culture of this winning franchise, I'll be a winner on the field. Now, I want you to track with me for a second. Who is your God? He is your heavenly father. He is the owner. Where is he? He's in the owner's box called heaven. Who are we? We are the children of God, but we, we are the team. We are the people of God trying to move the will of the owner on the field of life, in the playing field. And there is a playbook that our coach, that Jesus says, hey, listen, everyone, listen, disciples, if you follow this playbook and you go according to this playbook, you're going to have the winning edge when you go out here. And here's the deal. If a player messes up, the owner does not call the player up to his office. Who does he call for? He calls for the coach. 
And it's the coach's job to intercede on behalf of the players. Jesus is interceding on behalf of you with the Father. So when you slip up and when you mess up, you've got an advocate that's saying, no, 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 I know, I know we didn't necessarily get the yards that were accomplished in this moment, but trust me, I'm going to get them back on the playbook because they're designed to win. Heavenly Father, you created them to win. Don't worry about it. I'm going to teach them. I'm going to lead them. I'm going to show them. And if they can get a hold of this thing, they're going to score the winning touchdown. See, this is your prayer life you got to have drive with your prayer life. And he's given us this, this, this playbook that we get to follow. And so when I come before the Lord, I'm saying, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for giving me a place in the, in the, in, 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 in the body of Christ. I thank you as my heavenly father. I get to be one of amazing, one of the amazing children that's on your team today. Oh, Lord, I love you. I praise you. Holy is your name. What a privilege. What an honor it is to be a part of this. You think about those players. What a privilege and an honor it is to be a part of a winning franchise. Oh, God, what a privilege and an honor it is to come before you. Thank you, Lord, that you chose me, that you loved me, that in the middle of my sin and my mess up, God, you are worthy. You're holy. There's none like you. Thank you, God, that I get to be a part of this. See, this is your prayer life. God, I, 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 want, I, want the, I want the will of the wind to be accomplished in my life. I want your kingdom to come. I want your, your will to be done. God, I want to I see you do greater, but not just in me. Because at the end of the day, whether it be football, baseball, basketball, whatever team, it's team. It's not just you. It's that we're in this together. I said we're in this together. We're greater together. We were watching this movie the other night, um, the, the, the live action movie of The Jungle Book. In the movie, so cool for this, just one line that I get to preach. Just this one line. The movie goes that there's this little boy by the name of Mowgli, and he's raised by a pack of wolves. And as he's raised up by a pack of wolves, there's this mean, nasty tiger that does not like this little boy and wants to seek to kill his life. And so he tells the wolves, you need to either give him up or I'm going to kill everybody. I'm just kind of paraphrasing it. You say, man, I was going to watch it this afternoon. No, you weren't. It was also written out of a book from like 1957, so it's been around for a minute. And so in the story, the boy gets driven out of his home area where he was raised by these pack of wolves, and, and, he's, and, and he encounters a whole handful of singing animals, which I don't know how that works, only to come back around and find out that, 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 that his family is in trouble, and, and he comes back home, and, and when he comes back home, he, he basically squares off with this, this tiger. And so it, you got this young boy, Mowgli, and this tiger named uh, Sher, Sher Khan, and, 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 he's, and he looks at him and he says, I'm basically going to kill you, I'm going I'm to devour you, and, and you're not going to win. And I love this. The boy says, I'm not running anymore. I'm not going anywhere. And then they go on and they start making these declarations, and the boy says this. He says, he says the wolf needs the pack, and the pack needs the wolf. The wolf need, in other words, I need you and you need me. And together we're better. So devil, watch out. I'm not running. I'm not going anywhere. From faith to faith we rise. Our prayers are stronger together. Our prayers are more powerful together. Your kingdom come. It's not just about Sean praying, but it's the people of God joining together saying, 
that we are better together. We're serving notice on the enemy, saying enough's enough. We cut short the agendas of the, of, of the kingdom of darkness, and we say today, we stand firm today. We are awake, we are alive, we are active today. We are prayerful and we are powerful today. We will slay, we will have success, we will have victory today. The people of God serve notice that we will win. We are victorious. See, this is your prayer every day. Every day. You got to have this righteous stir inside of you. You got to have this unction to say, I'm not going to settle for anything less than God's best. You got to have this fight that rises up because your prayers are powerful. Your words are powerful. It's not about being seen, it's about being heard. It's about getting to that place and I'm speaking. All I need, I'm going back to that earlier, all I need is a word. As Pastor Kathy said, all I needed was a word. Pray on that word. All I needed was a word. Pray on that word. All I needed was a word. Father, let my prayers be intentional. Let my prayers be powerful. Lord, let, my, let, let, let me co-labor with the kingdom of God to see heaven invade this earth. God, touch my marriage today. Touch my children today. Lord, touch my community today. Touch the people on my job today. Lord, do greater. Do greater. Do greater. Do greater. Do greater. Do greater. God, even in this moment as we close this morning, God, do greater. Our heart, our prayer, Lord. It's to see you do greater. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth. As it is in heaven. God I thank you for what you've made available for me. I thank you Lord I don't have to live my life in need. Ha. It's amazing the, the, the players in those facilities in those stadiums. There's no, there's no need that's unmet. They've got everything that they need. That example that he shared about, or that, that was mentioned about Chad, there was no need that was unmet. He said, I got a couch, I got a shower, I got food, I got everything that I need. Everything that you need is in the kingdom. Just abide in it, live in it, know it. Know that God loves you. God has everything that you need. Say, thank you, Lord. I don't have to live my life defaulting to who I used to be. I don't have to fall short to the old man or the old woman or the old self. I don't have to fall to flesh, but today, God, you deliver me. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God, for forgiving me, for renewing me. I thank you, God, for doing a mighty work in my life because, God, you've got a purpose and a plan for my life. God, thank you. Thank you for giving me a playbook today that I can live by, Lord. It's so easy to take this, 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 this model, this example, this playbook that Jesus gave us and we can get religious about it. Don't get religious about it. Get relational about it. He's your father. He desires to hear your heart and to hear your voice. God wants time with you more now than ever. He wants so much time with you. We yield our time to so many stupid things. We get caught up with so many dumb things. We get so distracted with so many 
ridiculous relationships and I need friends and I need, you know, boyfriends and girlfriends. I need to get married. No, God needs your heart this year. He'll give you your desires. Don't worry. But he wants your heart this year. And what we do is we go to God for what I want, what I need. God, give me this, give me this, give me this. And he said, you know what you need more than anything? You need my rulership. It's not my kingdom come and his will be done. It's his kingdom come and his will be done. Don't approach God as if he's there just to grant your wish list. I'm serious because that's what we do. We go to God for just the things that we want and we forget that the purpose of our prayer is to move heaven into this earth, to break strongholds, to see our communities healed, to see the move of God continue to advance. Let the fire of the Holy Spirit so saturate our city right now, our county right now. Father, let the prayers of the righteous, let the fervent prayers, let the effective prayers Oh, Father, let it avail much. Let it avail greater. Lord, let us not be complacent in our prayer life. Lord, let us not reduce our, our, our time of prayer to just a, a quick transaction. But God, let it be one that we're postured before you in your presence, declaring God greater. Lord, let the righteous rise up today. Let the righteous rise up today, Lord. Let us go from strength to strength. Let us go from faith to faith. Let us go from glory to glory. Because, God, we are willing to get before you and declare your kingdom come and your will to be done. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.